Morning, everybody. Rusty, welcome home. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. And uh, one thing that has, has struck me, have you all heard about this movie on Netflix called Bird Box? You heard, it's just this rage of a movie that, that I heard that 45 million people, they say, have already seen this movie. And uh, if you don't know about it, I'll just read you just uh, the, the first sentence of description. When a mysterious force decimates the population, only one thing is certain. If you see it, you will die. The survivors must now avoid coming face to face with an entity that takes the form of their worst fears. If you've seen ads for this, Sandra Bullock is the actress in it. And she's taking her children around and she's, she's blindfolded. And that's really, you know, when Rusty talking about just these two weeks, I just wanted to go back to, again, about fighting, right? This movie, I believe, is about a physical representation of the power of sin that dwells within us. It's a physical manifestation of our greatest fears. Now they're seeing it with their eyes, as opposed to hearing it in their, in their minds. Right? The power of sin has the ability to put thoughts into our mind. And when you, you see Sandra Bullock, and you'll see all, you know, a, a lot of it, because this movie is just catching on. And the world's fascination with darkness amazes me. And how many people just dismiss Christ out of hand? They don't actually look into it, but they embrace these dark, dark movies. But the reason why it, 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 it struck a chord with me is, again, is that I don't want to be blindfolded. I want to fight. And I like winning. And we've been given the sword of the Spirit, right? Like Jonah's new Bible. It's the sword of the Spirit. He can use that to fight. Like I said last week, you know, much of the, the armor of God is defensive weapons. We have one offensive weapon. It's the Word of God. And my two favorite chapters in the whole Bible are Romans chapter 7 and 8. And I'm going to cruise through these two chapters. And just highlight these. If you ever want to talk about it, it is my favorite thing to discuss. I love the Pacers. I love the Colts. I love the Cubs. But if you want to talk about Romans chapter 7 or chapter 8, I've got time. I love it. Because what I have found in there is great news. I just, I thought for years, I was a product, I would tell you, of Campus Crusade. I very much thought, I knew John 3.16 I thought God got me out of hell into heaven. I'll just try to make this life as good as I can. But the good news is when I die. And what I came to find in Romans chapter 7 and 8 is, no, 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 there's good news right now, today, for us. You know, Jesus said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. He didn't say, I came that when they die, it'll be nice. He said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. There's no reason for him to lie to me. There's no, he had no incentive to lie. Jesus had no incentive. He wasn't looking for fame or money. So when he makes these kind of statements, okay, if there's an abundant life, where is it? Is it about some self-help behavior modification program? I don't think so. I think the Spirit's been given to us. And how do we walk by the Spirit? So when we look at Romans chapter 7, the first slide that you'll see up there, the uh, is the, uh, should be the, the, if you've heard, if you've ever hung out with me, you've probably heard me talk about the two trees way too much. Way too much. Because there is a simplicity in that message that resonates, that is so clear, right? There's the tree of life, 
And oftentimes when I find, when I ask people about the, the other tree, oftentimes you'll hear the tree of knowledge. It wasn't just the tree of knowledge, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what will the world tell you right now? The world's going to tell you what's good and what's evil. Because they operate from this tree. It's all they've got. We don't function from that tree. We function from the tree of life. Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I came that they'd have life. He's given us his life. And this is where, again, is that the letter kills. The spirit gives life. As a Christian, you can live from that. You can walk by the flesh doing good. I've been there. I've been religious. I would tell you it's probably the seven worst years of my marriage as a religious man. Self-righteous. If I could go back in time, I probably would punch myself. It was nasty. Kirsten didn't want what I had. You're right. Just, it, was, it wasn't good. I was functioning from the wrong tree until I came to see who we are in Christ. Start with Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Verse here says, Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. Remember we said this last week? It comes up way too much in Scripture. Something died. Romans 6, 6, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified. Right? Galatians 2, 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Something died. And this is something to analyze for yourself and own this. Is this a spiritual fact or is this a positional truth? Because does God look at you as if you're a new creation or did he actually make you into a new creation? Are you a new creation? You are. He doesn't look at you as if you're a new creation. You are a new creation. Right? You're not a two-part being, sinful nature, divine nature, meatballed together. No. You're a new creation to bear fruit for God. What kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And when I look around this room, right, there are many of you here in this room, when I think of that fruit, I've partaken of that fruit from you. That fruit isn't just for you. It's also for others. God honors you when you walk by the Spirit. He will bless you with the fruit of the Spirit. Right? A couple guys over here, Ron and Micah. Talk about peace and patience. Hang out with those guys. Right? There's just a genuine peace, which is of God. Right? And you can go down that list. And some, it, I think it's a neat exercise to do. When you think of love, who do you think of? Right? You might think of your wife. You might think of your mom. Right? Joy. When you think of joy, who do you think of? Right? More than likely, it's probably Christian folks around you. And I'll bet, too, it's the fruit of the Spirit that's emanating from them. And all the glory to God. But this is where, again, it is, when we talk about the trees, it's the root of the fruit. Right? It's the root of the fruit. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. We put off fruit, but separate from the vine? What's a branch? It's a stick. You're not a stick. You're a branch that puts off fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Right? So the root is the Spirit within you. Right? And that fruit is a result of that. Cruising on through into the uh, next verse we're looking at here. Romans 7, 7, 10. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. Right? It's what the law does. The law serves its purpose. Right? 
Remember, I, I, I mentioned this last week. I've got a mirror on this sword. I use, and, and think of the, the mirror. It's like the law. The purpose of the law is for us to measure ourselves to a holy, righteous God. And even after becoming a Christian, I used the law to look at myself and admire myself about how good I was doing. Right? And how bad somebody else is doing. The purpose of the law is to make us see that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. Once you died and become a new creation, right, it's a new program. Then it moves on, we'll talk about this, about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But the letter kills, the spirit gives life. Has the letter served its purpose in your life? Did it kill you? Did you become a new creation? If yes, let's move on. If it hasn't, use it in its proper way. Use it to see that you need a savior. Once that's done, move on. Because it doesn't matter if you're a believer or an unbeliever. The purpose of the law is for you to see that you need a savior. But once you have the savior dwelling within you, live by that. Walk by that. The, uh, moving on from there, we go on to Romans uh, 7, uh, 15. For, I am, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. This is Romans 7. This is where, again, we all know this. You'll hear people talk about the conflict of two natures and all this. Right? Clearly, there's a battle going on. But keep this in mind. There is a battle going on in our minds, but it's not a civil war. There is a battle going on, but it's not a civil war. If it was a civil war, then this verse would not make any sense. Paul's saying, I'm not practicing what I would like. Well, if you've got two natures, right, that wouldn't make any sense. If you were 50-50, half the time you would, half the time you wouldn't. The reason he doesn't like it is because he's doing things that he doesn't like. There's thoughts bubble up in his mind that he's not generating, that these are coming and they're condemning and all that. You've been made into a new creation. I talk a lot about Judaism. Judaism fascinates me. When you look at the entire sacrificial system in the temple, right? And you know the verse that says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you look at Judaism, the temple was cleansed. The Spirit moved in. It's not your old self. Jesus, the Holy Spirit did not move into your old self. He cleansed the temple. He made it a place where He can dwell. It is not a dirty, rotten, beat up old temple. It is pristine, holy, pure. Your Spirit is one with His. He cleansed the temple. You're a new creation. Right? You're not some half-breed, half-good, half-bad. That's not who you are. You're of a new nature. That's why this verse makes sense. Going on to the next verse is is verse 17. This could be, in my opinion, for an abundant life, this could be the biggest verse in the whole Bible. Could be. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. What's the it? What's the it? Got to be, right? It's got to be these thoughts that the power of sin is placing into Paul's mind. Paul's not saying, I don't sin anymore. He's not telling us as Christians we no longer sin anymore. 
He's saying that there's thoughts that are coming. I'm not the one generating these thoughts coming into my mind, right? But sin, which dwells in me, this word right here, sin, is a noun. Way too long of my Christian life, I thought sin was always a verb. The vast majority of the time in Romans, when you're going to see sin brought up, it's going to be sin as a noun. Sin dwells in me. There is a virus on your hard drive. There is a virus on your hard drive. That virus has the ability to put pop-ups on the screen. That virus has the ability to put pop-ups right on your monitor. Not that you generate it, right? You're sitting there on your computer, you get a pop-up, an ad, something like that. You didn't do that. There's a virus on all of our hard drives. And we call it the power of sin. You can call it sin. You can, I mean, but there's sin. There's something in these bodies. There's a virus, like malware, that has the ability to put thoughts into our mind. Is it sinful to have a thought come into your mind? No, it's not. And I would tell you personally, I believe when Jesus was in Gethsemane, he was by himself. He had to process thoughts coming into his mind. One of which was, I'm sure you are not going to go to the cross for these people, are you? They don't honor you. They're not fighting for you. You call them friends. They don't treat you like friends. Peter just denied. He's going to deny you. Just deny you. Remember the time, you know, I guess I hadn't just yet. But Jesus had to process these thoughts just like you do. He was tempted in all ways that you are yet without sin. These thoughts that come into your mind, please know you don't generate these thoughts. If they are contrary to your nature, if they're ones of condemnation or anxiety or strife or enmity, infighting, things like that, is not of you. That's why I love this verse. And it's powerful. And again, if you ever want to talk about it, I, I, I do. I absolutely love discussing it. Going on to verse 22. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. This law of God, it's just a new way of living. Right? It's not the Mosaic law, not the 613 laws in, of, of Leviticus, not the Ten Commandments. It's a new way of living. For if I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, why do we still sin? Because we get deceived. And we have these thoughts come into our mind. Right? Nate Robinson's here. Nate's a young gentleman here, part of Leavener. Nate will tell you the power of sin will use first-person pronouns to deceive you. It will use words like I and me. Right? I'm such a loser. I shouldn't have done that. I can't believe I did that 10 years ago. I can't believe it. I can't believe what's going to... I'm going to lose my job next week. I'm going to... I, 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 I. He's the father of lies. The power of sin is very, very creative. Very crafty. It's not going to tell you, hey, Matt, it's the power of sin. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't function that way. It's trying to deceive me. It still works sometimes. But at least now, I want to take the blindfold off. I want to fight. Right? Again, we, want, we have a sword. We have the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. It's so we can fight back. He didn't leave us here on our own. He gave us a weapon. And that weapon is just knowing the Word of God and how we can fight back. The next verse, 
Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Kevin Willer usually sits right over here. Text Kevin, talk to Kevin a lot. He's someone that, that I just, I've drawn an incredible amount of wisdom from. He's a, a great friend. How many times have I seen this verse? And one Friday we were sitting down talking and Kevin said, you know what I love about this verse? He says that a lot. You know what I love about this verse? And he, he says that a lot. Is the word who. It doesn't say what. What program is going to set me free from the body of this death? It doesn't say that. It says who. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Talking about a person. And that person is the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. This is great news. This verse is great, great news. Because it doesn't say what. You know, what group of men are going to hold me accountable to be a good Christian man? That's not what I want. I want to be surrounded by Christian men who are going to encourage me to live and to walk by the Spirit. It's not a program. It's a person. And he dwells within you. And if gospel means good news... Who? That is great news. There's a person. He didn't leave you lost. He gave you his life, his eternal life. The uh, Moving on from there, now we're cruising into um, Romans chapter 8. When we talk about fighting, if there's one verse to help you fight, I would say the first verse to, to memorize is this one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who's condemning you? Who condemned you? Who said you're a bad friend? Who said you've been a bad parent? Who said you've been a bad son, a bad employee? Who said you screwed that relationship up in the past? Who's beating you down? Not the Holy Spirit. I sure hope you don't think it's me. I want to encourage you to live now. Right? And on this next slide, put that up. This is, you've probably seen this, I've used this before. But remember when Jesus said, Before Abraham, I am. Before Abraham, I am. He didn't say I was, he said, I am. Jesus is about right now. I don't care about your past. We can, there's no need to be anxious for the future. We're talking about right now. You guys know what? This is a hurricane. This is the eye of a hurricane. I've been in the eye of a hurricane. It was wild. Because it's this crazy storm. And then in the middle of this wild storm, like the blue sky and sun comes out. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm not saying your life isn't a hurricane. I know it is. And I'm looking at these faces. I know your lives are hurricanes. Nobody's going to stop that hurricane. Could be a big hurricane, small hurricane. All our lives are a hurricane. All I'm saying is that there's an eye to the storm. At that eye of the storm is the Spirit. Right now. Breathe in, breathe out. Right now. You just won. May not feel like it. We're not talking about walking by feelings. We're talking about walking by faith. You're winning. Right now, you're winning. And all the glory to God. It doesn't stop the storm. right? And our thoughts get drugged to the past, oftentimes condemnation or anxiety of the future. 
The storm isn't going to stop. I'm just saying, I just want to encourage you, just live in the eye. Just live in the eye. Live in the moment, right? Next verse from there is, is uh, Troy Prude has, has accused me of this being my favorite verse in Scripture. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set you free from the law of sin and of death. What was the law of sin and of death? What did they do in the Mosaic law, in the Levitical law? Sacrifice animals, right? Bulls and goats and pigs, all kinds of, you know, I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot. There was a lot of blood, I'm sure. I don't know how they handled that, but clearly there was a lot of sacrifices. We are not under law, right? We learned that in Romans chapter 6. You're not under law. You're under grace. You have a new way of living. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, law there is principle. For the principle of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he's given you his spirit. The spirit doesn't need a rule book. Right? The spirit knows how to function through your soul, through your personality. And it's awesome. It really, really is. And I would say one thing I enjoy is learning someone's sense of humor. Because everybody has a different sense of humor. The Spirit wants to function through your soul. It's so unique to you. It, one thing that the, the, uh, I mean, was thinking about over Christmas is that you know, they've got Einstein's brain, right? Scientists could study his brain. They could pull it apart, the medulla, cerebellum, and cerebellum, all, all that. They will never understand why Einstein laughed at what he laughed at. They will never know. They'll never know why he thought certain things were funny. Brain's not going to tell you that. There's something of the soul that's invisible. It's intangible, right? And again, looking at these faces, it is all these different souls that I see out here. I've seen the spirit function through you. I've seen it. And it's neat. And it's encouraging, right? And I hope that you draw encouragement too and you enjoy that fruit of the Spirit as we enjoy that fruit of the Spirit from you. Next verse is Romans 8, 11. Oh, I'm sorry. You can go back to that. Just real quick again. You can walk by the Spirit or you can walk by law. I just want to tell you, well, you're just going to find life in walking by the Spirit. You don't have to. But if what everybody, and I think everybody, believer of the entire world, is trying to get the fruit of the Spirit. We were talking about this with the, the, um, the high school and college boys this past week. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, the power symbol try to isolate every single one of them and make a counterfeit. Right? When it, we all know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, joy. But love. There's a counterfeit to love. For many people it's lust. That's a counterfeit. That's not love. Right? And you move the next the joy. A counterfeit to joy is happy. I'm not against happy. Joy is different than happy. But the power sin will try to isolate those things and market that to you to try to draw you out of the tree of life into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everybody wants what is available to you all the time. And the only way we get that is to walk by the Spirit. And then the fruit of the Spirit is a result of that. And all the glory to God. All the glory to God. But the next verse after this, this is there's certain verses in my life that I anchored to friends. This is one I've anchored to, to Charlie Ward. 
I don't know why. I think because I heard Charlie say it once with such a smile on his face, I'll never forget it. But the Spirit, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You have the exact same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead. The same one. You didn't get an 80s version or a 70s version or a 2005 version. You got the exact same spirit that rose Christ from the dead back in 30 AD that's been around since eternity past. You got the exact same spirit. So when you look at creation or you look at the stars or whatever you're amazed at in nature, just know that the creator of that dwells within you and wants to function through you. Right? Like Jesus said in John 14.10, the words he said, the miracles he did, was a father through the Spirit through Jesus. He's made this life available to us because he's given us his Spirit. Right? He wants us to have this abundant life. Next verse. The, uh, when I think of the sword of the Spirit, after Romans 8.1, Romans 8.28 is the next verse. 8, I think it's 8.28 and 8.29. But the, uh, it's the next verse I think about when I come to fighting. Because this verse says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for, for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. This is another verse that you can use to fight. Because we're eight one, Romans eight one talks about there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I think that condemnation is typically for our past, right? And this verse is talking about our future. So if you're hearing anxious thoughts about your future, just know God causes all things to work together for good for those who love the Lord. There's things that have happened in my life I didn't know they were coming. I wasn't even anxious about it. I was just shocked. Anxiety really has served me no purpose at all in my life, other than to keep me up. I'll tell you, I was up last night at 3.34. But I was fighting, right? And I feel like I can just hunker down with the Spirit and say, Spirit, you handle this through me, to your glory. I can't stop thoughts coming into my head at 3.34 this morning. But the Spirit will fight through us. And he will work all things together for good for those who love the Lord. And Jim, that, again, I'm just coming back to the, um, I think it's the, again, this is, if it's the future, just live in the now, right? He's given us our spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for now. Power sin's going to do anything it can to drag you to the future. There's this tug of war. The power sin's trying to get you out of the moment. Because it's like trying to isolate a wildebeest from the herd, right? Because it knows if it can isolate it, it can attack. If you stay in the moment with the Spirit, He's not afraid of you on your own. He's afraid of you walking by the Spirit. And don't get caught in this tug of war between future and past because that's what the power of sin is going to do. Condemnation of the past, anxiety of the future, just live in the moment. And I know we don't win all the time. Right when we were talking to the high school and college boys the other day, we were saying, "Look, look at this guy sitting next to you. Your father taught you how to walk. Right when you were little, you're a year old. You're twelve months old. Right? We were teaching you how to walk. 
When you fell down, we would just pick you up, send you back on your way, walk towards mom. We taught you how to walk. When you fell down, we didn't condemn you. We didn't give you a hard time about that. Holy Spirit's the same way. Right? He's convicting you of your righteousness. He wants you to walk. We want you to walk. I want you to walk by the Spirit. I want you to encourage me to walk by the Spirit. And my, and my wife and my kids, I want you to encourage all of us to walk by the Spirit. We're in this thing together. But again, this is not a behavior modification program. We're talking about life. And you can come alongside somebody, you know, and, and that's where, again, the, the, Kevin had shared with us before this idea of flesh. Flesh is our old techniques. It's our old ways that we used to have of getting things done and manipulating situations. And I believe they dwell in our brain. And I believe that's where the power sin will try to use those things to drag, drag them back up. Whatever you're struggling with or have struggled with, it doesn't define you. Your flesh doesn't define you. It doesn't matter if it's an addiction. right? It doesn't matter if it's pride. And the reason I picked those two is, I, I would tell you, I struggle with pride, self-righteousness, you know, uh, critical spirit. And I've got a lot of friends in this room. There will never be an intervention at my house for me and my pride, ever. No one, I'll never come home and find my friend sitting on a couch, say, Matt, sit down, we've got to talk to you. That will never happen. Right? But if I get caught up in addiction, right, something like that, you probably would do that for me. My point is this. There's no hierarchy. Pride's not better. The Old Testament says pride's an abomination to the Lord. Whatever your flesh pattern is, it is what it is. Right? It, you could have a heroin addiction. I can come alongside and have empathy for a person with a heroin addiction. I got mine. It's not better. It just is what it is. But whatever someone's is, we, we recognize no one by their flesh. Don't recognize me by my flesh. And please, 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 when it comes to fighting and winning, do not recognize yourself by your flesh. Do you hear that? Really, that is really so much of what I just want to teach these two weeks. Do not buy that lie. What you do is not who you are, but who you are will have a great impact on what you do. But if there is some sin that has beset you, that is hurting you, that's hurting your relationships, I would would be happy to talk to you about it. It doesn't define you. It doesn't. Right? Take encouragement. There's life to be had. Because whatever we're holding on to, whatever sin, whatever, you know, God will let us go to the grave with it. He will. He'd let me go to the grave with pride. But I'll tell you, he asked me all the time, Matt, are you done with that? Nope, I'm going to hold on to it a little longer. You know, Matt, you done with that? Nope, I'm going to hold on to that. Not until we're, we're just ready to like let it go. Okay, you can have it. Okay. I'll take it from here. He's not going to pry your fingers off of it. If you're clinging to something, and I'll ask you, if you're clinging to something, is that the worst part of your life? It could be your theology, right? It could be an addiction. It could be pride. It could be a whole host of things. But whatever you're holding on to, I just want to encourage you. Just let it go. There's life to be had.
And if we define ourselves by our flesh, we're going to have a hard time living. Remember, Paul said, when I'm weak is when I'm strong. And when there's something that you're struggling with, and you say, God, I can't do this. I'm tired of dealing with this. And I just, I, I just claim weakness so you can be strong through me. And to God be the glory. And the last verse we're looking at here is, this is a verse I've anchored to my friend Phil Tooley years ago. And, and again, it just helps me, I think, mem- remember Scripture. Because again, I, you don't have to know these verses verbatim. But I do think that they will help us fight. You can paraphrase them, break them down, put them in your own language. It says here, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? You're in. You're in Christ. Right? You didn't get into the family by behavior. You're not getting out of the family by behavior. Right? The, my son Dan's sitting over here. Dan could run away, change his name. That will never change the fact that I'm his father. By faith, you have become a Christian. By faith, you've come into this. He keeps you. He keeps you. Your perseverance is on him. You might have days where you question it. He doesn't kick you out of the family. He keeps you. You come in by faith. He secures you. He's given you his spirit. You are now the temple. That does not get redone. The last I've got up here is just, is just a summary that I have of... of uh, uh, the. Uh, do you have that one, Jim? The picture the, is... It was a gif of just the, this riding off into the sunset... But that's how I see Romans chapter 8. It's like the end of a good movie, right? The cowboy riding off into the sunset. Chapter 8 is great, great news. It really is. You know, 5 tells us we've got peace with God. 6 tells us that we're not under law, we're under grace, and that we've been you know, crucified. 7, Paul recognized there where there's a, there, the sin dwells within him, right? That there's a battle going on, but it's not a civil war. And then 8 finishes up with there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and God will work all things together for good. Those four chapters, I just hope that you find that to be the greatest news. And the reason I love those four chapters is because there's a lot of us here that come in with different theologies. Scripture talks a lot about unity. I've been part of religion where what it wanted was uniformity. We're not talking about uniformity, we're talking about unity. There's a unity in these four chapters between believers of all different denominations that we can share with them. Just great, great news. And we're not arguing about creation and how long that was or revelation or a rapture or any of that stuff. There is great news in these four chapters. If you ever want to discuss it, just know. You can text me, call me, get together. I love it. Because it's where I have found an abundant life. I have looked. Tony Robbins, self-help books, Barnes and Nobles, I've looked everywhere else. Luke Dunnick said this to me a few months back. He said, man, I've tried a lot of stuff. I flake out on things very quickly. This is the only thing that's lasted. Right? This is so true. 
Dave Altoff said in our men's group a few weeks ago, he goes, you know, if we've sat around here on Friday morning and talked about Henry Ford, we'd do that for a week or two and then we'd just quit. We wouldn't come back. Because we're talking about life and abundant life. So, I do, again, I just want to encourage everybody just to fight, learn how to fight, learn how to use the sword, right? learn how to fight back. We're not going to walk around blindfolded. right? I know the power. We're all dealing with the power of sin. Let's take the blindfolds off. Be one who's going to fight. doesn't mean we're going to win all the time. But we, we've been bullied for too long. Right? And it's a word we're hearing a lot right now. People, talking about people being, getting bullied and kids getting bullied. You're being bullied. You're getting bullied. And I'm tired of it. I want to fight. Right? How do you deal with bullies? You punch them in the nose. Right? You fight back. They aren't expecting it. But again, by the power of the Spirit within you, we can overcome in all the glory to God. When I see that bird box thing, take these blindfolds off, right? We've been equipped. We've been equipped to fight. You've been given the sword of the Spirit. And I just pray, pray, pray that you will use those words, these verses, and the Holy Spirit to overcome the evil one. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I just pray that this truth, truth, you're the way, the truth, and life, becomes a further and further clear revelation to us. And we understand what it means to fight spiritual, wep- spiritual battles with spiritual weaponry. You've given us the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, so we can not only defend, but we can also fight back against the evil one who only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you said you came that, you'd have, that we'd have life and have it abundantly. And we trust you in that. And we're grateful that you've made this life available and that you have us as your children and that you keep us. Lord, I thank you for my friends. And Lord, we just pray that that we be weak and you be strong through us. To your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.